This is A Mind Controlled Life, a podcast for a better mental state. Eliminate self-defeating behaviours and be in more control. With your host, Elaine Blidgen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to A Mind Controlled Life podcast. My name is Elaine Blidgen and if you do not know me yet... I have been helping my clients for, ooh, since the early 2000s overcome those aspects of their mindset that stops them achieving what they want to achieve in their life. That's the simplest way of saying it. Some of my clients are on the anxiety scale, which you may be, and some of my clients are teetering on the border of being on the anxiety scale, which again might be you too. Everything comes down to the same thing. Your mindset is a place where if it is slightly faulty, should I say faulty? That's not the right word, is it faulty? If it's not in the right place, then you cannot take those actions that you really want to take and you will find that you cannot achieve what you want to achieve. And that's what I like. I want to help you achieve more from your life and usually in your career. In today's episode, I want to talk about, of course, anxiety, but the bigger picture of anxiety and how it manifests itself, how it shows itself to you or in your various situations. And as obvious as this may seem, most people don't even know that they have anxiety. Or maybe they don't believe that the way they feel has got anything to do with anxiety. As far as they're concerned, anxiety is this medical condition that certain people have. They have to go to the doctors. They have to go to a therapist. And they're not quite like you and I. They, they, they are separate. And so, yes, we may worry, we may get anxious about a certain situation, but we, we, we don't suffer from anxiety. That's not what they will think. So I was at my public speaking group. As you know, I love an audience. Put me in front of an audience and I'm a happy bunny. And at the end of the, the night, one of the newer members came, well, just said hi, because hi, how are you? You know, the usual. Did you have a good evening? And they were talking about how they have to force themselves to come each week. And me being me, wanting them to feel better about the fact that they didn't feel good, recounted my own story of what it was like when I first went to public speaking and how I blanked out, and how it was nerve-wracking, and how it was excruciating. But I got over it. Oh, no, I didn't get over it. I worked on it. And as I was saying this story to him, he was looking at me, and he was thinking, I don't know what he was thinking. You know, I I could say I know what he was thinking, but I don't know what he was thinking. He was... Uh, he was He was thinking about what I was saying, and looking at me, thinking, well, how can that be? How can you appear to be so normal? This is my words, by the way. You know that, don't you? How can you appear to be the way you are 
and you say that you felt anything like the way I felt. And the reason why I can jump to that conclusion is just because of the clients that I've had over the years and how they have spoken about their perception. And the one thing that all people on the anxiety scale talk about is they compare themselves. They don't even know they're comparing themselves. I have lived my entire life up until the last few years comparing myself mercilessly. I always came off wrong and it was always around those people that did something well. Even if I could actually do that thing well, I would find a way to discount it. So we stood there and we were talking and I was saying, look, I didn't say look, but this is what I was thinking. Look, this is all you have to do, says me, who's taking this length of time to get here. All you have to do is make yourself feel comfortable. That's your only goal when you come here, is to feel comfortable. And again, he looked at me, you know, with that puzzlement. What do do you mean, feel comfortable? I thought you had to tough it out. And obviously, those are very masculine words to use anyway, because I don't think you get many females saying we need to tough this out. But anyway. And I was actually talking to another new member. Well, actually, they weren't a member. They were were a guest and they came to see what it was all about. But as he was talking to me again, he was saying, well, I thought it was about toughing it out. That was the second time I'd heard that same phrase in one evening. And I'm saying for me, no, it wasn't. There is no way that I've been going for the last, what, 10 more, much more than that, however long, many years I've been doing this. I would have done that if I had to tough it out every time I went. And there's this idea that if you can tough things out, eventually you'll get used to it. And they actually said this to me. They actually said, it's about toughing things out. Eventually you just get used to feeling bad, but you get used to it. I mean, imagine that. Can you imagine living like that every single day? So there you are. You get up in the morning and the first thoughts in your head, not it's not about your beautiful, lovely, gorgeous partner. It's not about your wonderful children. It's not about your very loyal dog. It's not about the cats that give you such delight when you stroke them. It's not about your parents and how you've had a lovely child. It's not about any of that. It's about, I've got to tough it out for one more day before I get to the weekend. Really? really and you just think you just think well I just think how is that so in 2022 when you've got the internet when you've still got bookshops when you've got access to every imaginable support resource that you could ever want or need in any language that you could ever wish it to be in And it's not even expensive. You know, we're not talking about scarce resources here. We're talking about people's ideas about how they've done what they've done to not feel as bad or to not have the negative stuff happen or to be able to make more money or to have a relationship, have a great relationship with my child or to have a great relationship with my partner or to make friends or to be able to travel safely as a woman or to feel great as myself traveling as a disabled person. It's all there. How to shoot potatoes from a gun. And see how far they can get. How to shoot that arrow straighter. Everything. But everything is online. You can get a book written about anything you want. And yet, 
In 2022, two people on the same night talked to me about toughing things out. And this is the way it is. If you've got anxiety, it's just tough. You can get medication that will calm you down. But it's just tough. You have to live with it. You have to find a way to manage it. But it will always be there. You have to psych yourself up. I mean, really, do you want to do that? So let's put this in a different scenario. Let's imagine it's your child's birthday party. Or it's your birthday party. Or it's your mate's. Or it's whatever. It's a birthday party. So you, just before you go to this birthday party, you're sitting there thinking, right, right, right. I'm going to have to tough it out now. Right. I'll just make sure I'm, I'm okay. I'll just make sure that when I get there, I stand nearest the door. This is what I used to do, by the way. <laughs> I stand nearest the door. I'll make eye contact with as few people as possible. Again, what I used to do. I will we'll say hi to those people that I know, but I will not. I will not. I will not engage with anyone I don't know. <sighs> right. Right, here goes. Can you imagine, would I have enjoyed myself? And the answer is a resounding, no, of course not. If I'd have had the belief at that time that this that was the way it was for me, that's it. This is it. I just got to tough everything out. Any situation where there are people, because I remember I had social anxiety, that's how it's going to always be. And I'll just get used to feeling rubbish. Do you honestly think that I would do anything? I couldn't. So I'm there and I'm standing, I'm standing and I'm speaking to this guy and I'm thinking, no, no, no. Step one is always awareness. You know there's something not quite right, even if you can't put a label to it. That's fine. It doesn't have to be labeled anxiety or worry or fear or insecurity or low self-esteem or any of those things, because that's just irrelevant. You know something's not right for you. That's step one. Always step one, awareness. You acknowledge that. Something's not right, and I need to do something about this. I want it to change. It may or may not be step two, but it's most definitely part of it, is to feel comfortable. Your first goal is to find how you can feel comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Now, we have... Two types of uncomfortable situation. We have the first where the actual event itself, for most people, is uncomfortably making. That's not a real word, but I said it anyway. And I'll cite public speaking because most people seem to have this fear of standing there and talking because they don't want to be judged. Didn't ever bother me. That's why I did it even at my worst insecure feelings. Yeah? And the second is... You're in a situation where most people would say it was fine, i.e. walking into a party, being around friends and family, going for a job interview. And most people think, yeah, they're, they're fine. They don't make you anxious. And yet you find that it makes you anxious. So those are the things, things. <laughs> those are the thoughts that you have around that situation. So we have one where the majority of people think, yes, that situation makes you feel anxious. And we have another where the situation doesn't make you feel anxious, but you believe it's making you feel anxious. Yeah, so there's a distinction there. The first thing to do is to get yourself to feel comfortable in that situation. And that can only come from how you think. That's the only place it can come from. Saying that, what did I first do? I decided that, you know what, I don't feel comfortable when I'm around these people. Therefore, it's these people that I need to focus my energies on making them say or do or think or behave what will make me feel comfortable. Think about that. So I 
gotten that, yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable in this situation. But then I jumped straight to, do you know what? I've got to control this person. I can't allow them to say these particular words because those particular words are a trigger for me. And if I get triggered, I'm the one that's feeling bad. So they must stop saying it. And you think, you think that this is, this is ludicrous, don't you? But we all do it. We all do it. We all have these triggers that are completely irrational, depend on another person changing who they are and what they do to suit our sensibilities because we don't know how to cope with those feelings of insecurity, fear, whatever we want to call them. And in the end, the only way for you to feel good in a situation, to feel comfortable, is for you to change how you perceive it how you see it, how you think about it, how you feel about it. And that only can come from your thinking. That's it. It doesn't come from anywhere else. Because imagine a situation where you've decided that when somebody says fire hydrant, don't know where that came from, I've got a random brain. Somebody says fire hydrant, you get triggered and you start to feel anxious. What are you going to do in a situation? You're going to go in there and you're going to, one, get rid of all the fire hydrants. You're going to be so cutely attuned to that word fire hydrant that you're going to be sensing and listening out for people talking about that. You happen to work in a fire station. (laughs) Imagine. I don't know where these random thoughts come from. Anyway, you happen to work in a situation where there are lots of fire hydrants. And so they have to talk about them. You actually sell them maybe. You are going to be so anxious all day on tenterhooks, aren't you? We can't do that. And yet, it's still the idea that you have to tough that out. You have to man up or woman up. Is there a woman up? It probably is an equivalent, isn't there? So, no. The only thing you need to do, the only, 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 shall I say that again? The only thing you need to do is to find a way to feel comfortable. And that can only, 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 only come from how you think about you in that situation. What that situation means about you or about the world. And it comes back to how we feel safe. Because with anxiety, with worry, with fear, with insecurity, with all of these kind of things, there's, a, there's an issue of our personal safety in that situation. It's not necessarily conscious. And it's there. So, as I was saying, not this bit. I didn't say all of this because we, one, we didn't have that much time to speak. It was just to say to him, you can actually live without the way you're feeling. Now, that was a bit of a stretch. You, I saw his reaction. Uh, that No, once you have it, that's it. You can actually feel comfortable in these situations, genuinely comfortable. But that I'd, I didn't say anymore. I didn't really want to let him know that, I, you know, it takes work. So either you're going to go to the doctor and they will give you the pills and potions. Maybe you'd go to see a therapist if you can afford one. Because he was functional, so he didn't, you know, he would never have been referred to a therapist. Maybe you go I don't even know what else what else is there apart from doing it yourself which is where I went and then I was thinking about actually what is the solution to this the solution is you have to do it yourself 
if you are functional enough to be able to get up and go to work and have a career, get to the top of the ladder, build a business, whatever your situation is, then you have to take control of your own mental space. And I honestly can't see any other way except to go and see a therapist. And then even when you do, you're waiting. You're anxiously passive. Because what can you do when somebody else has taken over the reins and decided to quote-unquote help you? And they're shuntering you along the pathway for you to get quote-unquote better. Yes, you'll get these tasks and things to do and you may get a reading list and you may get that, but you're not the one that's controlling how much, when and where you feel anxious or uncomfortable or you worry or you just get annoyed or irritable or you fly off the handle or whatever it is. And as you may or may not know, go back and listen to previous episodes, I have this thing about control. I've had it since I can remember. For me, it was always about trying to control the people and the situations around me because I did not know how to not be triggered by what they may say or do. I was so acutely in my own head and my own feelings that the only thing I could do is to control. That has not gone. It's just it doesn't get triggered in the in the same way anymore. I still like to be in control. So I do this. I read the books. Well, maybe not the books so much now, but I do the processing. As soon as I get triggered, I'm on it. I don't wait. It doesn't get any better. You know that saying that things get better with age? No. Somehow you're supposed to get older and wiser. Uh, No. It doesn't happen automatically. We can still be the seven-year-old when we're 70. We're just an adult, but we've got the mindset of a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old, and we never got past that. Now, if you are at work, you already know that there are some people that just coast. They've been there for 20 years. They did what they did in year three. That was it. That's where they stopped. And they kept repeating that for the 17 years later. They didn't learn more necessarily because they'd been there 20 years. But that's what it can be like if we don't do something. And in fact, I've just written a post on my Facebook profile. And it was it the day before. Anyway, it was about recycling. The title was, no, no, it wasn't about recycling. It was just that was a metaphor I used. The title was about you just, one thought can actually make the difference and change your life. And I got a couple of comments about that. I said, we wouldn't dream of recycling old clothes. Actually, we do. (laughs) Sorry, we recycle everything now, nearly everything. And yet we wouldn't dream of eating somebody else's leftover food unless it was, you know, a meal and you see a loved one there. Because it's like, ooh, a boring, ooh, you wouldn't eat somebody's leftovers. You know, like when they've cooked chips and beans or spaghetti bolognese or whatever it is people cook. And it's there cold on the plate and they've left it because they don't want it anymore. You wouldn't, you wouldn't find that appetizing necessarily, would you? And yet we keep recycling our old thoughts. We don't know we're doing it necessarily, but that thought goes round and round and round. It's called rumination, round and round and round and round. And it, and you may notice like, you know, in sports where you hold the baton, and then you, I can't remember what it's called, it's just a relay race maybe. 
So you're running and running and running, and that person is there waiting for them to go. And they put their arm behind them, ready to clasp the baton that you have to place securely in their hand so then they can run. Every time you recycle a thought, it picks up another baton. And that baton is another trigger. And that trigger then means that you're even more hypersensitive to situations which you are just sensitive at the moment. And so this is about dropping all those buttons, not letting the the spark get any worse for you and stopping that recycling of old thinking and to change those thoughts. But if you do not know that you are actually creating your own angst, how can you do that? So as I said, the first step is awareness. Now, I know that you know this, but this is another reason why I keep saying the same thing, but in different ways. Part of my evaluation when I do my public speaking, because people evaluate your performance and they're looking for specific things. Twice now, I've heard that when I say this is a really good thing to do, the evaluator said, but we want to know why. Why is it a really good thing to do? Because that's where the learning is. And I, it was only after I heard it the second time that I remembered that I'd had it the previous time on when I was given an evaluation myself or a speech or whatever. And I didn't hear it. We don't necessarily hear the thing said to us until we've heard it two, three, four, five, maybe seven, ten, twenty times. We'll eventually hear it. It doesn't, we don't necessarily hear it the first time. So I'm saying all of this in the same theme but in a slightly different way, with different metaphors and a different context, mostly, so that you can hear the message that this is a DIY job. This is a do-it-yourself thing. I have no idea how you can think that, right, do you know what? I get triggered when I'm around people, which is me. I get triggered if I let my feet touch the carpet. Okay, me again. I get triggered if I can if I touch the gate with my bare hands. Uh, me again. I get triggered if people look at me and they're not smiling at me again. I get triggered if I get a comment that doesn't sit with what I thought I was saying at me. And and somehow somebody else is going to help me to unravel all of that and feel calm. I don't want to tough it out. And I'm fortunate. I am fortunate because I am determined. I have a huge determination gene. And once I want something, I go for it. I cannot, cannot, cannot allow anybody else to have the control over my mindset. And interestingly enough, my control issues have helped me. The thought of somebody else controlling me via they don't smile at me, I feel bad. Uh, No, I don't want that. So I made sure that it was me that was in charge of how I felt. I want to be the one that if I walked into a situation and I felt bad, I knew that I had an out. I knew I had a way to calm myself down. That didn't involve deep breathing. That didn't involve me standing there chanting chanting these affirmations. It involved real self-coaching that stopped me from being feeling the effects of those triggers and spoiling the rest of that situation for me. So anyway, I've ranted on a lot, enough. For you, I want 
It's getting to inside your head that no matter what we want, we can only get there if we have the thoughts that will carry us there. Because as much as it sounds great to have this support of people that are pushing you on and saying, well done, well done, well done, there will come a time and a place where that doesn't happen. And then what do you do? So for that lovely guy at my public speaking who had to force himself to go because the idea of just walking through the door, despite the fact that he said he's made friends there and everyone's friendly and he enjoys it when he's there, I would want for him to never have to feel that way. Like, like never. Because there are people that don't. And I count myself as being so fortunate, so, 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 so fortunate that I can walk in and I love it. I don't psych myself up about it. I don't think about it in a negative way. I just love it. And I only got there because I coached myself to be there. So what about you? What about you? Can you leave, 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 <laughs> live a mind-controlled life in the way that you choose to? Because, of course, I'm going to say, yes, of course, you can. And you can. And if you're like me, you think, well, not quite sure. Go to my site, download a script there and talk yourself through it. Got any questions? You know where I am. So, as always, have a fantastic day, evening, night, situation. And remember, it's not just me that says you can live a mind-controlled life. It's all of those people that we are around every day that their outsides look like their insides, i.e. they are calm, confident, cool, and quietly happy. And so we can be too. I'll speak to you soon.